Artwalk Porty is one of the highlights of the year. It's a time when you realise just how much creative talent there is in our community. And this year's programme feels much more substantial. The event's curator is Rosie Naylor. I think it's more ambitious than before, and I think a lot of the ideas that have wanted to develop in the past have kind of come into fruition more this year, partly because of the funding and being able to get Creative Scotland on board has been a great feeling and a good thing to do and it's meant that we can deliver things on a more maybe permanent basis and also through the year so it's not just about the Art Walk Festival time. It has taken you quite a long time though to actually get Creative Scotland on board with this funding. It's the first time I've applied to Creative Scotland to be fair so um, I felt I wanted to do that at the right time. I wanted to have make sure I was certain that I had enough to show enough evidence of practice and participation and accessibility, all these things that really matter. I just had a feeling that it was the right time to do it this this year or when I wrote the application nearly a year ago. So it's a good document to see, see our work and what we've been doing. Now, you mentioned the opportunity to have longer-term projects. Now, one of mm. those is the residence yeah. of Jenny Pope. The main part of that application really is is for residences over a period of 12 months, many of which coincide with Art Walk festivals, but some that don't as well. So there will be some things going on in the winter. For this year, at this moment, we've got Jenny Pope doing a piece about material land, we're calling it, um, about how the industries, how they've kind of formed lots of our public places, if you like, and have given us all the ingredients in a way to produce the, the industries, make them happen, make them evolve, make them strong. Our aim this year was actually to open up a kiln and for her to have an installation inside one of them. But because of the building work on the one next to it, that's been a bit problematic. I'm Jenny Pope. I'm a local artist. I live in Portobello. I have a studio at Wasps in Albion Road. I'm a sculptor. And this year I'm doing a a talk in the kilns on... uh, Actually in one of the kilns. Yes, inside the kiln that's not being repaired at the moment. So that's going to be open up for both Saturday and Sunday for part of the day. And I'm giving a talk about the experience of what it would have been like to work inside the kiln, the working conditions. I can imagine they're quite dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous, and I think there was a lot of pressure on the turnover of the production, so the kilns were heated up and cooled down quite quickly, so the men went in with their tweed suits and hats and carried these really hot containers for the crockery when the kiln was still very hot and the fumes and so they really had very difficult working conditions they went up ladders it was very cramped and hot so I'm really interested in the experience that the people had who were working there. But you're doing something on the prom as well. The prom is thinking about a collection of different workers experiences and thinking about the different industries that were around at the time so i'm thinking about colors i'm thinking about prussian blue red white and mustard as different industries that were around the figure burn area i'm installing some uh, wind socks which are the four colors red white blue and mustard which also happen to be the international maritime signals for danger and warning so i'm using those four colors as a way of warning about processes traditional processes and also contemporary processes as well in the way we put effluents in the sea and, and plastic and the fact that that's international because it's it's not just a local problem 
Now, this is a project which actually is going yes. to extend 12 months from now as yes. well. So next year I will be working within the kiln and making an installation within the kiln, which will reference the particular working conditions in the cramped environment. This year it's much easier to do an event on the beach, so I'm doing an event on the 15th of September on the Sunday afternoon, which is bringing the, really about bringing the kilns alive, because when they were working there was fire, there was lots of fumes, there was water and earth from the clay, so I want to sort of have bring that sort of alive. So we're going to be making brick sculptures and structures on the beach, which are sort of kiln-shaped, more for a sort of playful experience, lighting fires, and we're going to eat some food. It's a community event. So it's a sort of playful bringing back the fire to Portobello. The arts encompass many and varied activities, and a wide range will be on display over the next fortnight or beyond. Zoe Irvin of Eggbox Audio is a brilliant artist in sound. They say that you get a much better picture on radio than you get on TV because you create it in your own mind. That's exactly what Zoe has produced this year. What they were interested in me doing was bringing together a selection of audio works that had a sense of travel and journey about them. As we were talking and thinking about this, we were wondering how can we curate work and situate it within other people's houses. <laughs> and I came up with the thought that it would be nice to sit by a window and listen. So basically people will go into the house and mm-hmm. um, put on a set of headphones perhaps in yeah. order to listen to whatever That's right. program, because I can't really think of another word, you have provided for this project. That's right. You'll go into the house, there's a stool, a pair of headphones and a little bit of print. And that print actually has a picture of the window that you're sitting on the other side of. So you're sitting on the inside and the bit of print is from the outside. There are five sound creations in all, each playing on a loop, in various locations around Portobello. One of them is called Night Walk. I went on an amazing night walk with a guide called Anthony. I'd been on a long journey to get to the middle of the Amazon and it was getting dark and he kind of jumped out of nowhere and said, you want to come on a night walk? And I said, yes, of course, can I bring my recorder? And he said, yes. In my mind, I had imagined that perhaps there'd be others on this night walk, but it was just me and him, and it was going to last all night. I really wasn't prepared at all. But in that way that taking a picture or making a sound recording can sort of distance you from the experience you're going through, I found making the recording very useful in terms of controlling my fear. Don't try to pass past me, and don't keep it far. Okay. okay. Because we are in a primary force. Yeah. I just had an opportunity, uh, 20 kilometers far from here, yeah. to see Puma and uh, Ocelot wow. and, uh, and the Jaguar. Okay. We have also black uh, Jaguar. And the eyes during the night works like a three-dimension visibility. It means that the X-ray and see you very clear, like uh, ultraviolet. So, even though they de- developed in a long time a sharp nose, feel when you are sweat, mm. and they hear you very clear, and uh, they have a camouflage also. Yeah? So, but don't worry about the, uh, the predator. I mean, not to try to scare you. It's a binaural recording, which meant I was actually wearing the microphones in my ears. 
it's a lovely technology that allows you to really capture the spatial quality in stereo and it's perfect for headphones so it's a super immersive thing if you close your eyes you can really go into that world by total contrast you've got i believe it's in an allotment in telferton allotments yes i've got a piece called full doric mode it felt right to put it you know next to some earthy gardening allotmenty sort of thing it's a conversation between two farmers and a blacksmith and it's from an oral history project where there was a lot of heritage money to make these things and then nobody really knew what to do with them i went to elphinstone the Elphinstone Institute in the University of Aberdeen, I was the first person <laughs> to really root through that other than the people who took part. Um, so it was fascinating, it was amazing. It's a part of the world that I come from. It's what how my grandparents spoke. It's pure, lovely, amazing Doric. And what better thing to be talking about than the land? Doric has a wealth of vocabulary for wildlife, for farming, for land, and it's a beautiful, very funny conversation. <laughs> I mean, uh, you could get my father, like, I mean, uh, he was shooting Lynette's. Oh, Lynette's. At one lap one. Yes. He didn't get one for the lap one. I mean, mercy me. Black birds. You get to jail for it now. If it's there and he was doing it, it was legal. Yes, it must have been legal. Yes. Aye. Uh, there was no protection of birds in those days. No, 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 no obviously no. This is this is fit we blame the uh, the Italians and the yes, Spaniards yes. for the daily. Absolutely, yeah, and, uh, and, and our forefathers was doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Aye. 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 a good life, Jimmy. Oh, yes, I mean, days, you see. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Change> days, John. <laughs> There's quite a lot of walking and cycling in this year's art walk. Under the title of Footprint, the longer term objective is to create a walking and cycling map along with a guide to a number of artist-led routes around northeastern Edinburgh. There are five artists involved, one of whom is Deirdre MacLeod. They are places that we can walk, but they are places that we maybe don't choose to walk. They're partly private, they're partly public places, but they have footpaths, and I think it's as valuable to walk in places like these residential estates as it is in the more glamorous or perhaps attractive places that we often choose to pick for walks. Now your idea is you're going to get people to start talking to each other and perhaps engaging with any local folk that you happen to to encounter. Yeah, I'd like the, the walks to be talking walks. And so they're not walks with a kind of a, a particular purpose or an output. We're not going to be gathering things or drawing things. The, the walks are really about an encounter with each other as we walk. Hopefully we'll have a, a mixture of people who live on the estate and people who, who don't but maybe come from nearby. And I'd really encourage them to talk to each other and maybe to find out a bit about how it feels to live on that estate, um, how it feels to live in other parts of Edinburgh, and to um, really just to kind of get to know each other and to um, appreciate the environment around them. 
you were originally uh, studies as a geographer mm. and must have got a feel for the, if you like, the patterns of the places where people live. The suburbs are an under-researched part of cities. I suppose I, I'm interested in, in looking at those aspects of cities because they are, they're as rich and full of life as any other um, part of, of, of city life. The curious thing is, of course, that because of the nature of these places, during the day, quite a lot of them are actually empty. Yes, I, I was leafleting Gilberston just to, to let people know about the walk and I was aware just how quiet it was. It seemed to be following the postman around. He, he was just ahead of me, but there was nobody else there apart from one or two people who were, I think, curious about what I was doing. They didn't know me. I could tell that from the way that they encountered me. People will know their neighbours, but the idea of a walk being organised through through the estate is something new. It might be something that is unwanted. I'm aware that some people might not want a group of people to be walking through a place that they, they call their own. So I suppose the idea of a takeaway from, from a walk like this can take different forms. And uh, I think that the, the experience of just the encounter is, is really what I'm trying to achieve. A lot of the footprint events do go on longer into October, so I'm hoping some people can go to some then as well. But I suppose what I'd like is more visibility, more awareness of what we're doing, not just about the festival. So we're having quite a lot of things going up in the Kiln area as well. We've put up some really big boards covering the base of the Harbour Flats. We've had permission to put up a piece of photography there, and we're hoping also through the year to have more things that will be more long-lasting, I think. It sounds like, well, Porty in the future isn't going to be just a two-weekend event, but it's going to be almost like a year-long event <laughs> with, with, with highlights at key points. Yeah, you could very well be right, though. That's what I'd like it to be, but it's, uh, it's quite a lot of work to get it to that, obviously, but um, I'm working on it. <laughs> so Rosie Naylor's ambitions for the Art Walk are far from over. We may indeed want to watch this space.